the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God. promises to give me joy. Joy to God. 
as if a huge crowd had suddenly become silent, breathlessly awaiting a special event. Nature is beautiful. Nature? God is nature. Yes, yes, I know. God spake and things of nature came into existence, including the laws of nature. You know, my friend, we're fortunate to be shepherds. Fortunate? Yes. To be shepherds? I think so. Many of the great men of God have been shepherds. Yes, that's true. Abel was a shepherd, and Abraham. And then, uh, Jacob... Moses and and David. Look at him. From a shepherd, he became the greatest of our kings. But do you realize that David tended his flocks in these very hills? Uh, speaking of David reminds me that it is about time, according to Daniel's prophecy, for David's seed, the Messiah, to come and sit on David's throne. Well, Israel has looked long for the Messiah's coming, and now the time is here. Very close if the time in Daniel's prophecy refers to the anointing of the Messiah rather than his birth. Any day now, any hour, any minute. What a wonderful time we're living in. Wonderful, yes. And yet sad, too. The coming of the Messiah, a sad event? In a way, yes, very sad. His coming is a great event to Israel, to the world, and yet nothing is being done to welcome him. People just aren't ready to receive him. I think these facts are very sad. Yes, but on the other hand, I'm not too sure but that when he is here and saves us from the tyranny of Rome, that there will be a great rejoicing in Israel, and that he will be welcomed and accepted as the king of kings. Are you sure, my friend, that the Messiah will save Israel from Roman tyranny? I mean, that that is his purpose in coming? Of course. It's the view held by our leaders and scholars of Scripture. The Messiah will occupy the throne of David. I'm sure of it, aren't you? 
Well, yes, I, I suppose I am. Yet, if to save Israel from Rome is the Messiah's only mission to the earth, why was his coming promised to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? There wasn't even an Israel then, or, or a Rome. Why was the promise made to David and Daniel and others at none of these times were God's people oppressed by Rome? Then why is the Messiah coming? What is his mission to earth? I believe that he will save the people from their sins. If this be true, Israel's leaders and the people will be disappointed. They might even reject him as the true Messiah. <laughs> what a terrible thing that would be. Well, it's a distressing possibility. David prayed in times of trouble. All God's people have. We should. O God of Israel, God of the universe, God of love and justice, hear us now. Help the people of Israel understand the coming Messiah. Cause him who cometh to sit upon the throne of David. Turn the hearts of the people to thee, O God, that they may be prepared to receive thy son when he shall come. Given to us the strength and the wisdom to obey thy will and to do thy commandments. As the shepherds prayed for the coming of the king to David's throne, an angel of the Lord appeared before them, and the glory of God shone about them, and they were sore afraid. Oh, oh, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He is here. Power and glory will return to Israel. O oh, angel of God, where will we find this Savior of Israel? This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. In a manger? Then the joy and glory of heaven could no longer be hidden from the shepherds. The whole plain was lighted up with the shining of a great host of angels. Earth was hushed, and heaven stooped to listen as the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. As the angels disappeared, the light faded away, and the shadow of night once again fell on the hills of Bethlehem. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The babe should be easy to find. He will be in a manger. There aren't very many stables and mangers in Bethlehem. Come, let's go. Yes. A little louder. The, key, the keeper may be in bed. I'm sorry. All the rooms are taken. Oh, please, sir. We, uh, we did not come for a room, but uh, we are... Um, do you have a stable? Oh, I have stables, yes. With people staying there. Well, now one is occupied by a man and his wife and newborn baby's son. <sighs> They're using the manger for the baby's bed. A newborn babe? Yes, the, the angel said, the Messiah is here. He has come. Sir, where is this manger? Well, in, in that building. Oh, this way. That's quick, quickly. Yes. Hurry. Oh, they must be drunk with wine. There's too much of that sort of thing going on these days.
Greetings. Greetings and salutations. We, uh, we are shepherds, tending flocks in the hillsides around Bethlehem. Yes? Uh, this evening, tonight, an angel of God appeared unto us and told us that the Savior, the Messiah, is born, and that we should find him in a manger. Uh, well, the innkeeper said that you have a newborn son. Are these things true? They are. The promised Savior, the Son of God, lies in this manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. The Messiah has come. He is born in the... May we... May we see the babe. Of course. Here he is. He's asleep. He is the Messiah. Glory to God in the highest. He is the Savior, Christ the Lord. What love. What sacrifice. Leaving his position of power and glory and the adoration of heaven for a world that welcomes him not. Uh, what will you name him? Jesus. Jesus. A beautiful name. A beautiful mission to save Israel. In the morning, we will spread the glad tidings to all Bethlehem that Jesus the Savior is born. Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. world. Yeah, I know what you mean. Makes me wonder if I can trust anybody. I heard my dad saying that people in big companies are just out to make money, even if they have to cheat their customers. And that leaders of countries hurt their people so they can live in big mansions. And I even heard a story about some parents who hurt their own children. How sad is that? Well, we can't stop trusting people, can we? I don't think so. We need to learn stuff in school, buy things at the store, and live in our houses. I mean, my mom and dad would never hurt me, would they? Remember what the preacher said last week in church? He said that the only person we can trust for sure is God. He would never hurt us or make us sad. So, 
Well, if someone loves God, that means that that person is trying to be like God. You know, someone who's kind and trustworthy. Well, our parents love God, so I think we can trust them. And some other parents may not believe in God, but they're trying to live honest, kind lives. So I think we can trust them too. I see what you're saying. We can trust people who are honest and kind, whether they believe in God or not. But if someone isn't living like God wants us to live, you know, being selfish, mean, dishonest, we really shouldn't trust them. The pastor also said that trusting God is good for your health. We feel more peaceful and happy. We feel like we've got a friend even when everyone else is mean to us. I guess there is something in this world we can trust God. That's so good to know. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 5. Lions, Panthers, and Bears. Oh, no, said Maria. He's not here. It's no big deal, Maria, Chris said. We'll probably see him again later. Like where, Maria said unhappily. There are a lot of places he could be. On the beach, at the park. It'll be like trying to find a mole in a molehill. Chris laughed. I don't think you're saying that right, and I don't know where we'll find him. We'll just have to keep our eyes open. What's that noise? asked Maria. Sounds like a car horn honking, said Chris. He looked at Maria. That's Dad's signal for us to head to the car. We'd better hurry. How was everyone's day? asked Mr. Vargas as the family settled in for the night in their yurt. Great, exclaimed Chris, Maria, and Yo-Yo. Are we going to the beach again tomorrow? asked Maria. That depends, said Mr. Vargas. Depends on what? Chris asked. On what you choose to do, Mr. Vargas replied with a smile. We can go back to the beach or we can go pet a baby bear cub. Pet a bear cub? squealed Maria. How fun! Or would you prefer to hold a chocolate skunk? Mr. Vargas teased. Ah, come on, Dad, scowled Chris. There's no place around here to do that. So what are we going to do tomorrow? Mr. Vargas looked right at Chris as he spoke. We're going to go to Wild Animal Park and pet a bear cub and a skunk, he answered. You mean there really is such a place? Chris asked. That's what the man I met on the beach today told me, Mr. Vargas said. He said it's one of his kids' favorite places to go. What do you think? Should we check it out? I want to go, exclaimed Maria. Me too, echoed Yo-Yo. I guess I'll go too, Chris said. I just hope that man knows what he's talking about. The next morning, the Vargas family piled into their car and headed south toward Wild Animal Park. Turning off the main road, they pulled into a dirt parking lot in front of a high wood fence. A small gift shop in front of the fence was the entrance. This is it, Chris asked. It doesn't look like much. The man told me it wasn't real fancy, said Mr. Vargas, but that it was the kind of place your kids would beg to come back to. Looks more like I'll be begging you not to make me go, Chris replied, rolling his eyes. Mr. Vargas ignored his comment and guided the family to the entrance. As Chris stood waiting for Mr. Vargas to purchase the tickets, he looked around the small gift shop. It was crammed with all kinds of animal souvenirs, t-shirts, stuffed animals, posters, postcards, and miniature plastic and ceramic animals. Next to the cash register counter was a large wooden door on which the words 
Enter here, were painted. Today we have four-week-old baby bear cubs to pet, said the lady at the ticket counter, and we have other animals at our petting shed. We will announce over the loudspeaker where and when to meet our animals up close. Enjoy your visit, she added with a smile as she opened the wooden door. A short sidewalk led to a small metal gate. Passing through the gate, they came to another gate. As Chris and Maria went through the second gate, they were surrounded by bleeding pygmy goats. One of the goats butted Chris's leg. Hey, what do you want? Is this a wild animal park or a farm? Chris mumbled. I think she's hungry, giggled Maria. She's checking to see if you have any food. See, the other people are feeding them goat feed that they bought in the gift shop. Aren't they cute? Forget the goats, Chris said. I want to find some wild animals. As Chris walked down the path, he saw a chimpanzee in a huge cage beside him. It grinned at Chris, then leaped into the air and landed in a hammock. Across from the chimp were two black panthers. Cool, Chris said. Then he thought, they're so close I could almost touch them. I think I'll try. Then he noticed a sign that said, keep fingers out of the cage. Well, that's dumb, thought Chris. These panthers are probably just as tame as the other animals here, only bigger. It sure would be fun to touch one. Here, kitty, kitty, Chris called softly as he stuck his finger through the wire fence that surrounded the outside of the cage. One of the panthers looked up and started walking toward the front of the cage. Hey, a voice shouted, get your hands out of that cage now. Startled, Chris pulled his hand back and quickly stepped back from the cage. Chris turned to see who had yelled at him. There stood Maria, hands on her hips, staring at him. Chris, she exclaimed, what are you doing? Oh, it's you, muttered Chris. You wrecked my fun. Fun, Maria sputtered. You call sticking your hand into a panther's cage fun? Oh, they wouldn't hurt me, answered Chris. They're probably tame. Tame? You don't know that, said Maria. Didn't you see the sign? Yeah, but I... You didn't trust what I said, Maria said. How can you be so... Chris, Maria called Mr. Vargas. Come on back. We're going this way. Chris and his sister ran to catch up with the rest of the family. They passed by the camels and the buffalo and a large area that held a grizzly bear. Now that's one big bear, Chris said, pointing to the huge furry form sleeping in the warm sun. As the rest of the family gathered around to look, an announcement came over the loudspeaker. Attention, park visitors, come and see and pet our lion cub, Sheba. Sheba and her trainer will be in front of the petting shed. The Vargas family hurried over to where a small group of people had gathered. A man holding a big chain started to speak. Good morning. My name is Jim. I'm Sheba's trainer. Sheba was born and raised right here at this park. She is used to being around people, but she is still a wild animal, and she is very strong. Maria nudged Chris. See? That is why I use a thick chain for her leash. She could easily break a leather one. Sheba is 11 months old and already weighs 90 pounds. When she is full grown at three years, she will weigh 350 pounds. Some people think Sheba looks like a big kitty. They think they can pet her like a house cat. Don't. Keep your hands away from her face. Pet her on her back. You'll be able to feel her soft fur, but won't have to worry about her snacking on any of your fingers, Jim said with a grin. Sheba would like that, but I don't think you would. Now let's have one family at a time come up and pet Sheba. Remember, keep your hands away from her face. She's so soft, exclaimed Yo-Yo when it was their turn to pet Sheba. Ooh, she is, agreed Maria. She feels like Jenny's cat, Butterscotch. I bet I could scratch her on the top of her head without her doing anything, Chris thought to himself, and I'm going to do it. 
When Jim, the trainer, turned his head to answer someone's questions, Chris quickly moved his hand to Sheba's head. Quick as a flash, Sheba lunged at Chris's hand. Hey, what's going on here, Jim called as he jerked Sheba quickly away. Sheba was upset, so Jim pulled her back from the people and tried to calm her down. Looks like someone wasn't listening to what I said. We have rules at this park to protect our guests and our animals, he said firmly but kindly. We have earned the animals' trust. People need to trust the things we tell them to do or not do. Chris stared at the ground as the man spoke. Then he felt his father's hand on his shoulder. Chris, I want you to stay with me the rest of the time we're here, said Mr. Vargas. I don't think I can trust you to be off on your own. Okay, Dad, Chris mumbled. On the way back to their yurt, Maria and Yo-Yo chattered excitedly about all the animals they had seen and petted. The Arctic fox, the bear cat, a raccoon, a chocolate skunk, and a pair of four-week-old bear cubs. Chris was quiet as he sat watching the scenery out the car window. When they pulled into the parking place in front of their yurt, Chris noticed someone going into the yurt next to theirs. When the man turned, Chris couldn't believe who it was. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.